in October. This is a dream that I had back in October of 2013. So it's, it's been several years, but um, I just really haven't seen anything come of it yet. And I didn't exactly know what all of it meant until after I heard some of the teaching. And I know some of it, but not all of it. This is the dream. I believe it began with me at my church going around and greeting others. I had planned to sit with family, and I'm not sure if it was actual family members or church family members, when one of the guest speakers came up to me and asked if I would sit with her. I recognized her from some event at my time at New Beginnings Church in Clayton. We sat up front for a brief time and then were instructed to go higher. We moved higher two or three times until we were nearly at the top of what seemed to be a large arena. I was kept from sitting next to her this time by what appeared to be a gentle watchdog, so there was space between us. Suddenly, the most beautiful woman, who I also recognized from before, walked up where we were and moved between us. She was dressed in a beautiful wedding gown and veil and was singing in the spirit with great emotion. Again, suddenly, other voices joined in, and they were all beautifully adorned and wearing wedding gowns, too. She joined them, and they began rising into the air, almost into a V formation. It was beyond beautiful. I was singing in the spirit with them and began rising into the air, too, along with others of this group. It was the most calm, peaceful, but highly exhilarating experience. I was feeling if it continued, I might just die from the intensity. Then I suddenly woke up with my heart really racing, but feeling such peace. Awesome. Thank you, Judy. Go ahead, Ayers. Well, personally, I take this as an awesome dream. It's a good dream. Um, it happened during praise and worship. I was on my face prostrate on the floor. So you're in a humble worshiping place. Okay, okay, I'm sorry. You were at your church going around greeting. So, you know, I think being at church greeting is, is good. Um, I had planned to sit with family. One of the guest speakers came and asked me if I would sit with her. I recognized her from New Beginnings. I think I think it being New Beginnings saying I'm getting ready to, I'm going to, a, I'm going to another, you know, dimension. I'm going to a new beginning of something higher. We sat in the front. I think sitting in the front is good. For a brief time, they were instructed to go higher. We moved higher two or three times until we're nearly at the top of this large arena. So I just, I think the, the, the momentum of going higher just means I'm going higher in the spirit. And being in a, a larger arena, that it's just going to, you know, not only go higher but wider. You know, somehow it's just going to be bigger. And I kept sitting next to her, and there seemed to be a gentle watchdog, so there's space between us. And so, I mean, in one way you could look at a watchdog like that's protection for you. I don't know if it's protecting you against her particularly because you don't want to feel any fear. But, I mean, I think it's, you know, you're a sheep, so there's, God puts watchdogs around you. Um, <clears throat> suddenly the most beautiful woman um, walked up. And we were up where we were and moved between us. She was dressed in a beautiful wedding gown and veil. And I just think that that talks about the bride 
of Christ and you're singing in the spirit with great emotion and then there are more voices and I mean everything just takes you higher and higher. That's how I would take it. I would take it as an awesome dream, Judy. And I just I just keep going in God if it was me. Oh man, that's that's awesome, Ayers. Thank you guys. Amen. Just want to kind of maybe comment and build on that with Ayers. Um, absolutely. I think Ayers was hitting a lot of good a good points, Judy. Did that resonate in some of the things that Ayers was saying? I actually, when I, uh, I actually typed your dream out and I was praying over it and actually named it. So the name I had for it was going up higher. And uh, it's definitely a, overall a good dream. If anybody could take a stab at, how would you categorize that dream? Encouragement dream. Yeah, absolutely. This is a, a prophetic encouraging dream to you, Miss Judy, from the Lord. Uh, a few things that I just kind of know want to reiterate that Ayers said was um, uh, the surroundings, church. So, of course, I think that's connected to the church. I, I feel that dream is about this church. I think it's about Global River. And um, also the new beginnings. I think it speaks of a season uh, that you personally and we as a church are going in together. Because it hits, hits both of you in that area. Um, going up two or three times, kept rising and going up. That's just climbing higher, ascending the hill of the Lord, right? Psalm 24. So the Lord has definitely got you on a journey to go higher with him, closer with him. Um, you know, it's really, really powerful. Um, the woman in the wedding gown, the beautiful wedding gown, that's, to me, that's the church. That is the, the church without spot or wrinkle. That's the church as Jesus sees us, the potential that we have, and I believe where he's taking us. Uh, some of the things, the watchdog, I felt like that was also protection heirs. I, I felt like that was definitely represented uh, protection. God's going to protect this bride. He's going to protect this woman. He's going to protect uh, his, his bride for sure. Uh, joining together in the spirit, wow, and singing, what a powerful thing that is. Uh, almost in a V formation, I just really just, the thing that came to me was unity. Unity. I, I just felt that, that there was a unifying spirit. And, and that's, I think, a lot of part what the Holy Spirit does and was intended to do in Acts 2 was to unify the whole church. So there's definitely a unifying uh, uh, thing happening there. Overall, very powerful dream. Notice what she said. I'll just read it. She said, it was the most calm, peaceful, highly exhilarating experience in the dream. Those are powerful what? Emotions. So remember, those emotions will always give you indicators to the interpretation. But overall, awesome dream, Judy. Thank you for sharing. Amen. I just want to just share uh, this scripture and just leave like what a few tips uh, about dream interpretation also that I was uh, just meditating on. Numbers chapter 12. If you have your Bibles, turn with me there real quick. And I just want to kind of recap on some of the stuff we learned in class. And then we'll, then we'll get into our fun project. Uh, Numbers chapter 12, verse 1. Yes, please. That'd be great. There's, it's right there. It's good to see you, Amber. Did you have a good day? It's good. It was a good day. Numbers 12, verse 1. Um, Numbers chapter 12, verse 1. And this is a story uh, about, about Moses. And remember, Moses had a brother and sister named Arian, Arian, Arian. <laughs> Aaron and Miriam. Um, Aaron and Miriam, this is kind of a contention chapter. Um, they kind of they begin to oppose Moses and talk against him because of the woman he married. He married what they called a Cushite woman, which a lot of you know, people believe that's an African woman. And I don't know if that was the sole purpose of conflict. Any, in any event, 
it was not a good situation. But I kind of want to pick up there and just read through there because there's a, there's a key, I feel, that's really strong about dream interpretation right here. It says, uh, Miriam and Aaron began to talk against Moses because of the Cushite wife that he had married. Has the Lord only spoken through Moses? Now remember what we've been talking about, dreams is a language, right? Dreams are a way God speaks to us in the night. It's another way that he speaks to us. So here we got this is uh, the issue also is about Moses hearing the voice of the Lord. Has the Lord only spoken through Moses, they asked. Has he not spoken through us? And the Lord had heard this. Now, of course, Moses was a very humble man, more humble than anyone else on the face of the earth. What a powerful statement. I mean, could, could the Lord say that about us? <laughs> I mean, just you got to put yourself in there. The most humblest man on the face of the earth. But at once, the Lord said to Moses, Aaron, and Miriam, come to the tent of meeting, all three of you. It's like a family dispute. So the three of them came out. The Lord came down in a pillar of cloud, and he stood at the entrance of the tent. He summoned Aaron and Miriam, and when they both stepped forward, this is what he said. Now, here's, here's, the, here's the key. When a prophet of the Lord is among you, I will reveal myself to him in visions, and I will speak to him in dreams. So we see a connection, right, with the prophetic and with receiving visions and receiving dreams of the Lord. It's just one of the many channels, one of the many avenues that the Lord communicates with us through visions and dreams. There's definitely a prophetic a context around that. But listen to what the Lord says. But this is not true of my servant Moses. He is faithful in all my house, and with him I shall speak face to face, clarity and not in riddles. Because, you know, these dreams, a lot of them are like riddles, aren't they? He sees the form of the Lord. Why then were you not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? But again, I want to reiterate. It says, but this is not true, my servant Moses. He is faithful in all of my house. And so I speak to him face to face, friend to friend. And so there is times when God, right, speaks to us through very prophetic channels, course dreams as we've been talking about where it kind of takes some work don't it to ponder to meditate to try to decode these symbols and everything and and then hear the holy spirit to put them together but but then there are times i believe where god speaks to us face to face person to person so clear that it's just that's that's it so what's the difference maker the difference maker is faithfulness so faithfulness is the key to clarity and to hearing clear, and to seeing clear. So I want to leave this with you as far as dream interpretation goes. It may be hard right now for some of you. It may be very difficult, may be very brand new, but it is your faithfulness in the relationship with the Lord that will make the dream language clearer and clearer and clearer and clearer. And what does that faithfulness look like? It just looks like having a consistent, healthy relationship with the Father. It's, it's, it's walking with him. It's reading your Bible. It's hearing, and, hearing to the Lord, interceding, intercession for you, your family, doing the right things. You know, just those simple things. Over time, it's their faithfulness to the Lord. And what begins to happen is these dreams and these, these vision things, they become so easy later to comprehend. I believe a lot of times as you grow and mature in the Lord. Amen? 
So I wanted to, I just really wanted to kind of launch us off to that here tonight is that faithfulness is the key to clarity, especially relating to dreams and envisions. Um, on some of the, I was thinking on some of the prior classes that we had, if you guys remember, just to recap, in class one, we kind of talked about the nuts and bolts of, a, of dream interpretation. I just want to just throw out some reminders about that. Um, remember, I think one of the most important things we discussed was the role play, is uh, when approaching your dream, remember the role play aspect, that is, is this dream about me? Am I the central figure in my dream? Or am I observing what's happening in the dream? Or am I a part of it? Am I observing? You know, identifying where you are in the dream, it always helps open that door to interpretation. We also talked about how uh, dreams, are they can just be not have any spiritual meaning. You know, depending on what you ate last night or what TV, television show you watch, it may just be a snippet in your subconscious state and have no meaning. But we talked about those dreams that are from the Lord are often are like what? Like movies. They have an opening kind of scene to scene to scene. They have a plot, a narrative uh, that, that you can write and journal out. So, um, and also that first class, we also talked about categorizing. Who can give me some of the, remember some of the categories, just how we can categorize dreams or what categories they fall under? Warning dream, encouragement dream, destiny dream. Come on. So these are ways that, right, we can categorize our dreams. So it's really good. Um, I think we also talked about, I think we went over in two classes the 20 most common dreams that people have. What it mean when you dream of your house? What does it mean when you dream of snakes? What does it mean when you dream of going to the bathroom, losing your teeth, right? We, we talked about a lot of those common dreams. Um, so I just wanted to kind of reiterate that. Um, and then we talked about uh, symbols. We really went in depth of, of uncoding what do colors represent, what do numbers represent, uh, all those things. Before we move on, I just want to ask, has anybody at this point got any questions about, about anything we've covered thus far or anything in particular specific? Ayers. What would you do? If you, if you had a dream and you really felt like it was a warning, I mean, besides praying the Spirit and just confess, you know, promises, whatever. But, I mean, is there anything else? Yeah. Um, I think, like, we talked about Sunday at church, and I think we hit it in one of the classes. The application part is always the most difficult. So let's say if you have a dream and you identify, okay, this is a warning dream to me. The next key thing is how do I apply this dream? Is, Lord, are you, do I need to actually do something? Do I need to wait on the timing? How do I apply this dream? What does it mean, you know? So I think the application part is definitely the most challenging. But if you can find that out from the Lord, it'll help you apply it. It'll help you, you know, fulfill so or be just obedient. just keep saying, you know, Lord, I thank you that yeah. you promise if I ask for wisdom, you'll give it to me liberally. If I don't waver, I just thank you for the wisdom or fast or... Yeah. Yes. I, again, I'll go back to that warning dream I shared with my teeth falling out many years ago. I had the two front teeth that fell out, and I knew that was a lack of wisdom. I knew it was a warning dream for me. I had lack of wisdom. So what did I do with that? I went to the Lord, and I asked God, okay, I recognize that I'm having this dream right now, and I'm maybe not having wisdom in something. What is it? And he revealed the two things that I lacked wisdom, and I just heard it, and I wrote it down in my journal, and then I was able to apply it and fix it. So if that, if that makes sense. Amen. Is in anybody else? Arlene? 
I hope you don't think I'm nitpicking. No, it's okay. But this scripture that you brought up about Moses mm. says that the faithfulness brings clarity. But the beginning of that scripture said that Moses was the most humble man on earth. Do you make a connection between humility and faithfulness? I make a big connection between humility and faithfulness. And uh, absolutely, I, I think that's probably what empowered him or enabled him to be faithful. Is I don't, I don't even think how you can actually separate the two. So I, I think they're very much connected. Yes, ma'am. Would it be possible to tell a dream was uh, prophetic? How would you determine that? I keep thinking I'm not talking to that, Mike. <laughs> Her question was, uh, how can you determine if a dream is prophetic or not? Just usually a lot of the indicators, if it's, it's, if it's heavy in symbols. So let's say your dream contains a lot of symbols in it. Typically, those type of dreams are prophetic dreams. Color. Like the tone of the dream. Is it really bright? Lots and lots of color. That's, that's always a huge indicator for me if it's from the Lord or not. Mm -hmm. If dreams are usually from the enemy or if they're warning, it's always dark. It's, you know, color is a big part. A rule of thumb, Marion, is like a rule of thumb is the three levels of dreams. Again, so there's like the first layer I, I look at them is a dream is in its simplest form. In other words, you have a dream, you know exactly what it means. You don't have to ponder. You don't have to pray. You just, it's very clear what the Lord's saying. That one's usually not highly like prophetic as we're, I think we're talking about. But that next layer has a, a good level of symbols in it. So it's got a good layer of um, you're, you're dreaming and it's got all these things popping up. Uh, houses, cars, mailboxes. And um, those are going to be pretty much prophetic dreams. And then that third layer is highly, highly uh, uh, coded symbols and messages and and all kinds of things so usually you can tell by the amount of symbolism and coding how prophetic that dream is or the meaning to it also I've learned world events or if you dream about like national catastrophes or on national scale events or global things always have a have a also a prophetic indication to it Carrie Okay, um, I was going to say, too, and Pastor Tom, you might remember this probably about nine years ago. I think I had a prophetic dream for you. Um, but it was one of the first prophetic dreams I, I had, but it was so vivid and so clear. And then um, all week long I was saying, you know, maybe I'm supposed to share this with Pastor, Pastor Tom. And I kept thinking, if I remember on Sunday, maybe I will. But all week it was on my mind, so clear, so vivid. And it didn't mean really anything to me. It was really bizarre. And I think if Pastor Tom probably didn't have the attitude to be so receptive to be able to tell him silly things, you know. Um, but I had went to him, and it's okay to share the dream. Um, and uh, he interpreted it as I was telling him it, not even knowing what was coming next. And, and it was a prophetic dream specifically for him, a message for him. Um, but I was, my piano, which was a generational piano that was handed down from family members, was in the front of the church, and I was polishing it with furniture polish. And the service was getting ready to start, and I kept kind of, you know, cleaning and dusting. And, and, um, and so he was starting to talk, and I went and sat down, and he lined up church members across the front of the church. But they were transparent, and you could see through them, and he was calling it a magnifying glass. And um, mm. after that, 
we had all rushed to go get in vans, and we were driving across town and stuff, and we got, like, a flat tire, and it did, there was just every obstacle that was happening, and we finally got to where we were going, and it was like, um, to, in my mind, it was like a, ch a school cafeteria because it had those long tables with the connected seats like a school would have, but the tables were kind of pushed to the back of the room and folded up, how they kind of bend and fold up, and everybody was in there, and a woman had walked in with a bright red scarf. And as soon as she walked in, everybody was jumping up and down in sync, saying, Scarlet, Scarlet. And the table started jumping with us. And Pastor Tom said, I'm telling you guys. You know, he got, and that was the dream. But as I was saying it, and I said, I'm dusting my piano. And he said, okay, the, the spiritual gifts. And I said, and then the people lined up. He said, of the body will be magnified mm. when taken outside the church. And overcoming obstacles through the blood of Jesus, you will see signs and wonders. And he said, that wow. is confirmation that I needed. And he said, could you write it up for me? And I think two months passed, and I kept forgetting to write it up, and I felt bad. And finally, I had written it up the one day, and I brought it in. I think it was a Wednesday night. And I said, I finally wrote that up. And he had um, said, this was perfect timing. Like, it was God's timing, too, that I had waited that two months to write it up. So, to me, it was so vivid. And just like when the Lord leads you to pray for somebody to do something, you don't forget it. Like, he's going to keep going, you know. In my mind, it was go talk to Pastor Tom, go talk to Pastor Tom. So, um, anyways, but that well, was a... Confirmation I needed. Yeah. Very random. Wow. Like, just came out of nowhere. I had the dream. And so, yeah. And that's That's awesome. Uh, Carrie, that makes me want to just comment, too, on something because it's so funny. The, the case study dream that I had tonight, uh, this real person had, is actually about the state and condition of their own church. And so that's one thing I just kind of want to, man, I just think this is awesome that because we're a body. We're, we're a family. We're a community. So, I mean, it's one thing we're having dreams on our own, you know, about our own individual calling in life. But when it gets really neat is that when we start dreaming about the church itself, our whole body, the collective group, I mean, he will show you things that are going on that, that uh, either need to come to the light or eventually will come to light. And then he'll show you things that are exciting, amazing, that are ahead, you know, and one will have a dream and this other one will have a word. And we start flowing and meshing like that. It gets really powerful. It gets really awesome. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, let's, uh, let's take some time and I'd like to go over this activity. Um, the best way I think we could do this is uh, we wanted to break up in small groups, and um, and I'll just encourage maybe one group come over here to the corner and just kind of spread all the way out through the sanctuary. Um, let's have groups. I mean, how many people? Three, four, five. Some of you, some of you can go in the prayer room if you want to. Yeah, let's do like groups of five or six. Is that okay? That way it's not overwhelming. Groups of five or six. Can we do that? Now, I'm going to trust you guys that you can find your own group so we don't have to pair you in one. But I need, I need a couple of quick volunteers to help me. Um, I wanted this, this is a copy of the case study. Let me get one copy, Pastor Tom. So I want to make sure everyone, everyone needs a copy of this. We have enough for everybody. And you go ahead and uh, make sure everybody gets a copy as that's going. I'm just going to kind of reiterate one more time. We want to hear what you guys got. Yes, check that. Yes. Yes, guys, we're going to start pulling it on in. I think Jim's going to go get the group in the prayer room. I'm excited to hear these interpretations. Come on, dreamers. You prophetic company revivalist, you.
Come on. Yeah, yeah. you really want to hear it, huh? We, we want to hear. I'm excited. Oh, man, we already got volunteers to go first. Bishop's got it. I think Bishop's got it. He's got it. He's got it. All right. I'll let you go first. Are we ready? Okay. All right. They nominated me to be the spokesperson. Okay. So we felt that the dream um, categorized as... Go. Yes. Um, what we'll do is, we, are we still missing one more group? Pastor Tom, Marion? They're coming? Okay. As soon as they come in, Carrie, we'll, we'll start off leading. But hey, Carrie, can you read over the dream? Because so, we got people watching so they could hear the dream at home. Okay. Yeah. But, but, but wait one more second. They're coming in right now. Yeah. These guys got it. I can tell by the way Pastor Tom's walking. <laughs> got it. It's awesome. What do you guys think of that dream? It's pretty interesting, isn't it? <laughs> In the house, the church of murky waters. All right, let's see. All right, all right. I think this is everybody now. Yeah? Yeah, I did. Well, I did not name it. The case study named it. No, this is out of a case study from one of the books here that we have. Yes. Okay, Carrie. Carrie's going to stand up. The, Carrie's, Carrie's group's going to go first. And uh, I've asked her to read the dream so people watching at home can hear it as well. And then, uh, and then we'll go with your interpretation. Okay. In my dream, I am in my church leaving a worship service. Everyone is feeling downcast as if we've all just been reprimanded. I have a sense that this is not even our church building and the pastor has tricked us. As I continue my exit from the service, I keep finding wrapped candy all around the church, so I gather it. I stop by the ladies' room where I see the wife of one of our elders. She is struggling to keep her teeth in her mouth, and so I try to help her. My teeth begin to fall out, and we try to exchange them. I then see another church member, a mother, standing in an open stall, dyeing her hair with multicolored dye. Her child is standing in the toilet, and the mother is ob oblivious. I feel responsible to clean the child, but have no ill feelings for the mother. Finally, I walk into the church hallway where I see three scuba divers emerging from murky waters that are waist deep in another hall. I wake up strangely peaceful and certain that I must pray for this church in the body of Christ. The dream ends. Wow. Okay, so um, we categorize this as a, as a directional warning yeah. dream. Yes, good job. What um, to categorize it. Yes. <laughs> and so the main plot we felt was um, to intercede for this church. Um, we felt that there was a spirit of deception. Um, you know, the, the whole thing with the pastor tricking them. And that there was temptation mm. within the church. That was the candy. Wow. And that um, there was a lack of wisdom from leadership. Um, the elder, the elder um, in the bathroom, 
And so um, the whole time she was trying to, she felt like she was supposed to be leaving this church, but instead she, the Lord was calling her to intercede. And um, we felt like the bathroom uh, obviously is cleansing, but we felt the chat in the toilet was a cleansing for the next generation. So it was important to her to um, intercede there. And um, the multicolored hair was a spirit of confusion. So the deception was bringing about confusion. Wow. But when she came out of the out of the bathroom, the cleansing was the the three scuba divers, which was the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. That God was still in that church, and that He will bring them out of the murky water. Interesting. And so, just confirming in, the inter interesting the cleansing. Yeah. So Guys did a great that was, job. That was our interpretation. That's excellent. And and I, I want to just remember we have we're in a that's awesome, guys. Thank you. We, uh, we're in a safe place again, so it's like if I don't have the exact same thing, it's okay. Because the Lord reveals it, there's different aspects and angles. We're just all going to see it differently. So I just want to encourage you there. All right, who's our next group? Who's going to be the next group that shares? Pastor Tom? I thought that was really good. You, you must have had Mike in your group. Right? <laughs> anyway, um, just a couple of the other things we would add uh, to that. Um, the candy represented some bribery or things. It was sweet things left around, um, but it wasn't. Um, it wasn't. It wasn't good stuff. Right? It was there. The um, the lack of wisdom by leadership, um, and their focus was off. Right. She, the mom's oblivious. All the hairdo, all that chaos, and everything, and yet her child, who she's responsible for, um, obviously she's not looking at. It. She had her uh, attention drawn away. The three divers, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, they want to go deeper. The fact that it's in another hallway, um, it's not exactly, it's still in the same church, and the Lord wants to go deeper, but he's only revealed himself halfway at this point. There's going to be more. Um, and the call to intercession. We thought this was the general condition of the church of Jesus Christ because where it comes, it says the church, and I need to pray for this church and the body of Christ. So it may not have been a specific church, but in the church in general. Wow, that's good. Thank you, Pastor Tom. Good job, guys. Wow. So definitely had some consistencies right there, right? Maybe, let's see. If we, maybe we might have even some inconsistencies or disconsistencies. Who's next? Bishop. Bishop. <laughs> Praise God. So a lot of the things that have been said is very similar to what we talked about. Um, we felt that uh, the candy represented um, false teaching because it's not good food. Uh, because candy uh, is not real food. You need real food in the church. Um, also, we felt that the multicolored uh, hair, hair speaks of glory, is trying to attract attention, um, which is not the right attention uh, that should be uh, the focus in the church. Uh, because when you have multicolored hair, everybody's going to stand out. Um, also, uh, the child standing in the toilet, that's not how you use a toilet, okay? Mm -hmm. Try. <laughs> so, because it's, it's supposed to be a place to cleanse yourself and to get rid of waste, but now the child is standing in the toilet and the woman is completely oblivious. So 
the leadership of the church. They are not paying attention to the youth and the things going on in the church. Um, so that's some of the things that we saw about that. Um, also, murky water, talking about the three scuba divers. Scuba yes. divers typically go deep. And the Holy Spirit wants to go deep in the church, but the water is just waste level. Mm. You can't go deep in a waste level water. So he wants to do it, but it's just not, there's no, um, there's no room for him to do that in the church. Um, mm. And of course, scuba divers, they go down deep and go exploring to find treasures and things like that. So God really wants to do a lot in the church. But it's not able to because the water is just uh, waist deep. Um, what else? We talked about deception and. And is in Bishop, let me ask you a question right the there. It's, I think you're hitting on something good. Again, it'll be. This is how we learn and grow. That water, is that water clear or is that water murky? Yes, that's another thing murky. we talked about. The water is murky, and because of that, there's lack of vision. Hmm. Um, you can't see in clearly in, in a murky water because. It's, it's murky. And, it's a uh, good observation. There's no clarity in the church. So um, there's a lot of prayer that this church needs, <laughs> clearly. Um, and the wisdom. Uh, teeth speaks of wisdom. And these two ladies trying to exchange their teeth, you know, you, this person is lacking wisdom, and you're trying to get it from somebody that lacks wisdom. Mm. So it's, Try it's, it's blind not going to work. Blind leading the blind. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that's it's not going to work. So I think that's kind of the gist of it to add to what's already been yeah. on, on the board. Wow. That's awesome. Awesome. Thank you, Bishop. Awesome. Wow. I'll, that's what I've been, I was hoping we could see some difference in views and opinions, and it's really good. Okay, who's next? Do you, got, do you guys have a group? Okay, you guys are all together. Mike had a group. Come on, okay. Uh, we felt that um, the people leaving the church being downcast was was something bad right off the back because normally when you leave worship, you're in, in, in good spirits. Um, the candy being thrown around was in, in a Jewish tradition. After Bar Mitzvah, they throw candy around. Huh. So we felt that that might be, you know, a celebration. Huh. Now, the fact that the lady whose teeth was falling out was an elder, was a lack of wisdom at the head of the church because mm. she was the wife of an elder. Um, the woman in the bathroom, uh, it was just confusion, like total confusion. Yeah. You know, um, and the woman not, not feeling responsible for the mother but feeling for the child. Is like someone's going to get left behind mm. when they move wow. forward. Job, um, Mike. And we also felt that the three scuba divers were the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Wow. Come on. We're seeing some consistency there. Interesting. Thank you, Mike, for sharing. It's awesome. Woo! Marlene. Go. It's okay? Okay, correct me if I'm wrong. Okay, so um, everyone's feeling downcast is guilt. We thought that was guilt. And it, that she thinks that she might be in the wrong church. 
because, you know, she feels uncomfortable in that church. And um, because of the candy, she thinks that the lore going into the church is sugar-coated. So there's something that's being hidden. And the um, church is falling short of wisdom in their leadership. But yet they're going under, I'm sorry, they're undergoing cleansing and purification at the mm. same time. So there's, there's like two steps forward and ten steps backwards because of that. And that's okay. pretty much why she's unsure about where she's. Um, she's purifying while oblivious to her responsibilities. Mm. So th she's being instructed to hate the sin and not the sinner. And so she's, she's not supposed to be making so many uh, dis wrong decisions then, right? Right. Okay. So then, um, of course, we, we said also that the, th the three divers were the Holy Trinity. Wow. And the end part of it is, um, the wind-up is that there's a lot of problems with this church, but that Christ prevails in the end. Hmm. Come on. Amen. I love how uh, a lot of the uh, same, the same overall dynamics are all the same across the board as far as the purpose and all, all that, the dream. There's always going to be a little differences on the details, but that was excellent, Marlene. Thank you. Who's, uh, who's next? In the back back there? Or you guys, y'all were in Mike's group? Here we, last group, Yes. We got mostly the same as everybody else. Um, the first one, obviously, they're challenged. I had written down, challenged perhaps by false doctrine, that the, 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 the worship service wasn't going where Holy Spirit wanted it to go. Um, and the tricked us is, is, is just reinforces that. I had written down that the wrapped candy was some kind of bait, and then we came up with the word bribery. So that coincides with whoever said the candy was, you know, trying to sweeten the deal. Uh, we, we, we determined that the first paragraph of the plot was a lack of trust in what was going on in the church. The second one was a lack of wisdom issues with the leadership um, and communication issues. Um, we never got too far with the dying of the hair, but I think that might have to do something with, with a challenge in, her, in their, her identity. She's trying on identities because she doesn't <laughs> know which one's the right one for her. But the child stand, standing in the point. toilet, well, they're both standing in the toilet, so they're both seeking cleansing. But the child in the toilet's seeking something, and the mom's oblivious to it. So that generation's being abandoned. Um, and then, again, scuba divers, we really felt that they were going deep. It was Father, Son, Holy Ghost, the Trinity. Um, the murky waters, lack of vision, the fact that it was waist deep wasn't a good thing. You can't go deep in, in, in waist deep. But it, as Pastor Tom said, it was another hallway, so it wasn't right where she was standing. Right. Um, and that it was a dream for intercession. Definitely. Awesome. I think that's it. That's awesome. So, and the, you said the dream was for intercession, the purpose of it. Yeah. I think everybody, everybody got that, right, on the dream. The whole goal of this dream was what? <laughs> you got to be interceding and praying for that church, right? 
Amen. So, good job. Everybody give a hand. Amen. And so, you guys got it. You guys nailed a lot of it. I mean, the... I think, I think it's ahead. really interesting, too, that there was, like, multidimensional interpretation on the details of the dream. Yes. And it's interesting to note that they can mean several different things, but I think the dreamer would know, oh, that highlights, oh, that highlights. But the common theme, like, I think the the foundation of the dream everyone got, which was intercession. It was an invitation to go into intercession. Absolutely. And, um, Again, that's just amazing. And why, why would God give a dream like that? Because he wants to see something change in the church, of course. And uh, he wanted to give it to, her name was Rebecca. He wanted to give it to Rebecca. Um, I don't know if you noticed, but I, I really wanted to hit this on now more on some of the details. Uh, if you notice, I circled almost every group had the same representation of the scuba divers. But I think group three had a different interpretation of the scuba divers. About, uh, about what the murky waters and, and kind of more, no vision. And so I just thought, I want to draw your attention to that. I thought that was really interesting. Um, also, the candy. Do we have everybody with the same with the candy across the board? No, they were different. Um, what were some of the candy represented? Um, yeah. Yeah, Carrie said temptation. Temptation. Tom said bribery. I mean, Bishop said false teaching. false teaching. Mike said Jewish celebration. Jewish celebration. Um, I missed Marlene's. Marlene's, did you guys have anything on the candy? The Lord sugar, sugar, sugar. Sugar, so the, the deception. Sugar, deception. Okay. Um, and they had more of a bribery, bribery with the other. Yeah. So all kind of had negative uh, interpretations of the candy, with the exception of. Mike's group, who had a Jewish celebration, so it could have had a, a positive meaning. So again, I just uh, I just want to draw us to these things. It's okay. We're going to always, it's like dreams, you know. The more you practice them, the more you learn, the more familiar and, and comfortable you get with them. But question, Pat? What's that, with a candy? Okay, yeah. you say it real quick. We weren't in 100% agreement on some of this, and that one was, it could be small encouragement. Okay, that's awesome. I wanted to, I wanted to highlight these because I'm getting ready to read you uh, the, what uh, Brian got. How many want to hear that? Yeah. Okay, uh, again, Brian's a good friend, good trusted friend, amazing book. We've been using resources in this book. Um, but... Uh, He's very detailed. Brian is a very detailed interpreter. But again, I just wanted to get us to see that if it's not exactly what he says or gets, it's okay. The whole point of this is you got the, you got the mechanics down. You get, it's negative intercession, prayer. I think it's really important to note, too, that he was in communication with the dreamer. He met with the dreamer. She read she, like, when we did ours, he came to the house and sat with us. So he's having contact with her, feeling what's going on in the atmosphere spiritually. So that plays a huge part, too. So now I'm going to give you a little bit of background about the dreamer that I didn't give you before you did this, okay? Rebecca and her husband faithfully served as associate pastors at a church until the husband was suddenly asked to resign 
Things were going well at the church, and there was no moral or doctrinal issues related to him being asked to step down. But after this incident, the leadership of the church seemed to make no attempts to provide comfort and ignoring the couple instead. As this couple worked through their pain and questioned why this happened, Rebecca had the following dream. So that's how the dream came about. When I read over the dream, this is Brian said, I had a little bit of caution that we, uh, when we've been hurt by someone, we can often not trust a negative dream that follows. However, sometimes when we go through a very painful time in our lives, the Lord will also give us dreams of insight and clarity to help us understand the transition and things that just happened. I often dismiss dreams like these when I know their origins. However, I often tell people uh, with this dream, I sensed it was from the Lord uh, given to provide Rebecca and her husband with prophetic insight into the church and the leadership in order to intercede and pray, right? So here's a little background. Okay, this is what uh, he received from that. He said, I believe this dream is a revelatory dream. It's a revealing dream. Again, we've kind of noted on that too. It's a, a revealing dream. Providing you with a report on the spiritual state of the church and its leadership, right? So I think we nailed all that. The entire dream is filled with some negative imagery, so we immediately know much about this church's current state of spiritual health. The feeling of being tricked about what building you are worshiping in denotes that you don't trust this pastor or what he says. So interesting he pulled that from the dream is that there was a lack of trust there. Even in a such simple matter as where you physically are, you mentioned that after the worship service, people walked out feeling downcast. This reflects the overall mood or emotional health of the church itself. Leaving a worship service, someone should be excited or everyone should be excited just having worshiped the living God. And we should leave full of hope, not downcast. So many of the members are not experiencing this grace in their lives at the present time. In the dream, you're the only one that notices the wrapped candy lying around. Meaning you are the one who can see the potential. This is what I thought was interesting. The evidences of God's sweet little graces that have been unnoticed by the leadership because they are undiscerning. Isn't that wild? Yeah. The woman in the bathroom dyeing her hair. This is an activity which should not be going on in the church, I think. <laughs> I mean, I discern it was a worldly, but though not sinful, act taking place in a consecrated environment. It's interesting, isn't it? It is a barometer of spiritual health of this church. So in other words, he's interpreting the coloring of the hair is like this is just a measuring rod to show uh, the condition of the church that there's some unhealthy things there. Some of the members are not concerned with the kingdom things, but rather the insignificant affairs of the everyday life. This is because it seems the leadership has failed them and has failed to teach them. The mother whose daughter was found in the toilet. Toilet is a very unsanitary place. It's left unattended, signifying that this mindset is affecting the younger generation as well in the church. The lack of spiritual maturity in the members means that children won't receive proper instruction and care from their parents. Now, here's where I thought this is interesting, too. Walking into the hallways and seeing the three scuba divers coming out of the murky waters shows me that there are foreign influences, spiritual, that are in the church and roaming at will. 
unchecked and unchallenged by the leadership, the leadership does not know who or what roams their halls. Different, huh? Obviously, this is not a positive dream. Rebecca, you need to pray for this church. <laughs> I just thought that was good. And its leaders. But yet God led you to do these things. A few thoughts, final thoughts he shares with that. Uh, in its simplest form, uh, Rebecca encounters the perimeters, the parameters of the church. He said, I saw three things. Number one, the church leadership, which is very visible in the community. Number two, the church membership, which was somewhat visible. And number three, the unseen world of spiritual forces, the scuba divers at work that are completely invisible. As Rebecca leaves the sanctuary, she finds wrapped candy, God's sweet little graces. Although lying in plain sight, they've not been noticed by the leadership. This points to a lack of discernment on their part. They are not seeing spiritual things that should be obvious. Restroom, where the manifestation of the church's leadership level is shown in the life of its members. Sharp, spiritually skilled leadership produces spiritually quick Christians. In this church, the people are rising to the level of their leaders, and that level is nothing to boast about. <laughs> the woman dyeing her hair in the church bathroom is a symbolic portrayal of just carnal, common things occurring in a spiritual, concentrated environment. Losing teeth, remember, also symbolizes a loss of wisdom, but remember, it could also mean losing of power. In this instance, I believe it means both. Leadership is neither wise nor powerful in spiritual matters. The elder's wife, to me, represents the elders of the church as a whole. Rebecca's teeth falling out represents her sense of impotence to the face of large challenges facing the church and her powerlessness to extend influence over the congregation. Finally, finding the water in a church is not unusual because water usually always represents Holy Spirit in the dream. But this water was murky, so it was contaminated. The divers are rising out of the spiritual waters because they are spiritual beings or demonic influences. They must don scuba gear to walk the halls of the church because as demonic forces, they are in a foreign environment to them. They are out of their element, so they require special gear and special permission to operate in that place. Then they walk to and fro the church, signifying their partial habitation there, while they wield at less some while they wield at less some level of influence. And that's his final thoughts. Amen. Come on. So there's several things that we can take from that. But um, I just want to encourage you. You guys nailed it. I mean, you got the basics. You got the nuts and bolts. And um, Especially and with not having any understanding of what the woman's walking through. Yes. Count <laughs> did incredible. A, a, a lot of you na almost nailed everything that he had in there. And uh, this is a skilled, I mean, he wrote a book on it. I mean, here you guys are in week five of your class. So I just feel like that's encouraging. Amen? Amen. We are at 803, so why don't you rise and stand and we'll be dismissed. Amen. Did you guys enjoy this? Yes.